do not put the money first. Everybody wants to be financially independent. But at, at the end of the day, same people you see on the way up, you see on the way down. And yeah, great. You're a multimillionaire. Are you happy? I, I, I got clients that, that are like, these guys are, all, one guy's almost like worth half a billion. But I can tell you, they're not happy. They're not doing, this, this is cool stuff we're doing here. You know, like these guys are on their phone 24 seven, trying to make another zero to the number. It's like, dude, like you're going to die. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to my social life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. As always, today's podcast is powered by TrueFan. And before we get into today's conversation with celebrity trainer Tony Greco, there's a couple things that we need to go over first. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to leave us a positive rating and review. Share this episode with a friend and subscribe. I put up brand new interviews every single Monday and a brand new takeaways episode where I sit down and break down the most recent podcast episode of the week every single Thursday. And now without further ado, I'm very excited to present to you my second conversation with Tony Greco. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to my social life. I am your host, Jacob Kelly. As always, today's podcast is powered by TrueFan. And today on the podcast, we are joined once again by celebrity trainer and entrepreneur, Tony Greco. We had Tony on the podcast at the end of December discussing his entrepreneurial journey, and I'm excited to have him back here on the podcast today to talk about developing a winning mindset and how you can change your life today. Tony, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, glad to be back, and uh, thanks for having me again. I'm excited to have you back, and where I want to start today, I think we talked about it a little bit last time, but I want to talk about kind of the slogan or the catchphrase that you have written on the wall behind you there, building bodies or we have building bodies, strengthening minds. Can you talk about the significance of that? Yeah, because uh, building minds, strengthening uh, bodies is, um, it, it, it's, it's really what it says. I mean, people come here to lose weight or have the intentions of losing weight when they come into a fitness studio and uh, they want to make a better lifestyle out of themselves. But really, it starts with the minds. And I'll, people always ask me what, you know, I need to come and see you for fitness. It's like, I don't teach fitness. I build bodies and I strengthen minds. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, because what happens is, is that when you come in, you automatically change your thoughts because you understand that it's not all about the body. It's about the mind and it's about the energy that we create on a regular basis. That's what's more attractive. You might have the intentions of coming in to losing five, 10 pounds, but ideally when you come in to TG Athletics, because you come in and do something physical, you already start navigating your mind to change the way you think. And that's something that I want to chat with everybody is that what you're thinking affects your state on a regular basis. And we all know that exercises uh, in general increase cognitive function. We know that. They've done several tests on that. But if you could ignite your brain every day and really deflect a lot of negative uh, patterns that are going in there, and we can talk about later, a little bit later on in the podcast, then you're going to uplift your spirits and you're going to have a stronger mind. And that's one of the things that I really emphasize on. And that strong mind, that's not just when they're in the gym either, right? Like that carries them throughout their entire day, right? Yeah, it carries them uh, throughout their entire day because what happens is um, when people come in, what happens is, and I know this from a lot of the morning classes, is that just over the years of being in the business is that everybody wakes up. I would say about 95% of the people wake up with problems, meaning they think about the past 
experiences that they've had the night before. And they're so routine in the sense that they'll wake up with, on the same side of the bed. You know, they'll go drink out of the same cup of coffee. They'll start their car the same way they started every day. And what they're really doing is living in past memories of the past. So, you know, the way our brain is thinking all the time is that uh, by the time you're the actual age of 35, there's a, there's a really good doctor that I uh, listen to. His name is Dr. Joe Dispenza. And, you know, it's amazing uh, that by the time you're the age of 35, you've now created a hardware in your brain. And that hardware is used to all these thoughts that have occurred from, from when you were small. So we deal with that. And we still continue to deal with that. So going back to like the routines that people do on a regular basis, I see that because they come into the facility and all of a sudden there's a burst of energy because now they know they're at a place where it makes them feel good. And all we've done, all we've done is we've taken out of the memories of the past, put them right into the present where they're going to be active. And now, now they know that they can create something better for themselves because they know that they're already putting their brain in a state where, hey, I'm coming to move and I'm coming to get better and feel good about myself. They have this endorphins rush during the course of the exercise and they have this experience. And then that experience gets stored in the database and creates an emotion. So as soon as they leave, they get, they, they, we call it the, you know, they say the runner's high. Well, this is the exercise high. And they continue to do that. And then what happens, they, you know, they cross another thought and then they deal with another choice, which leads them to another experience and then another emotion. So it's really neat the way it happens. So I could technically say that when people come into the facility, they're actually feeling a lot better than then they weren't coming into the facility. That makes sense. And, yeah, no, that makes sense. But so they leave the facility feeling motivated, like I said, with kind of the exercise high, but motivation is a temporary feeling. So how do you teach the people that you work with or what have you done that's allowed you to kind of put systems in place after that motivation wears off? Because it's hard to keep going once you're no longer motivated. So what have you done with like those habits that they aren't negative habits, but they're positive habits once motivation dies? Yeah. So I've taken a lot of mindfulness uh, coaches, uh, a lot of mindfulness uh, courses. I did one last uh, about four months ago with uh, Manali Scott. Um, She's a good spiritual coach, Reiki coach. And it was amazing because I mean, I'm pretty familiar with a book, uh, with the mind. I wrote a book, uh, Strong Mind, Lean Body, but I wanted to get real deep into that subconscious state. And I mean, um, 95% of really who people are, are just, you know, in in a state of unconscious programming. So what happens is it's like exercise. If I continue to work the bicep muscle every day, that muscle gets used to resisting force, absorbing force and withstanding it. And it produce a lot more power. Well, if I start to educate my mind, uh, because most people are so in tuned on their body and what's around them, as opposed to, hey, look, everything stems from your mind. This is your main, you know, muscle. Then you will make better decisions, including the motivation. And you're being more into that state of that present moment. So one of the things I do is I tell everyone, look, you don't have to get into meditation because people think meditation is chanting home and closing your eyes and you know, doing all sorts of weird things, but it's not, it's just taking a moment of stillness and just reminding yourself that you are grateful and you are present. So I always say, if you can get out of bed every morning without somebody helping you and you can look at yourself in the mirror, there really won't be a bad day. And that alone is a, is, is, is a sense of positive energy that 
if you're storing that negative thought, you just look at yourself and you go, look, I'm here, I'm breathing, I'm grateful, and I'm present. Now everything else is no longer an issue or no longer an obstacle that I have to go through throughout the day that I can't deal with because I'm here in the moment. So people say, well, how do I train the brain? I say there's different ways. Breathing is a big thing. And, and again, these are simple steps that people can follow. Before you go to bed at night, um, you just lie on your back and you just take a moment to just breathe in and just relax. And you start scanning the body. I mean, I do it all the time. I fall asleep so quickly. People always say, can you fall asleep? Yeah, I fall asleep. I put new age music. This is my method that I do all the time. I put new age music on and I start to do a scan of my whole entire body. Palms are facing the ceiling. I'm lying on my back. It's my chiropractor told me several years ago, you won't have any more back pain. And it's the best thing I've, I've done is listen to that. I used to sleep on my side. Um, do you sleep on your side or on your back? I think I, I roll so much, like I'm yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I start off on my back. So what I do is I take a complete scan. I just start to breathe and I just picture this bright light entering the top of my head and just taking a complete scan of my whole entire body. So if you start by doing that, you're now connected with your body and think of this, you know, light just shining through. And every time you do a scan from the top of your head, all the way down to your neck, to your shoulders, to your fingertips, to your legs. And all of a sudden, you're just letting go of any tension. Because throughout the day, and I don't know what kind of individual uh, people are, and, and people that are listening to this podcast right now, but what I would recommend is take the time on a scale of 1 to 10 when you're listening to say, you know, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best, how much of that stress tolerance or how much stress are you going through on a regular day and be honest with yourself because one way that you can get rid of it is at night when you're doing these exercises because all you're doing is you're letting go of this tension and you're just being aware and bringing your attention back to you of being present in the moment because again you're on your bed you're just about to go to sleep you're thanking yourself for being there at that present moment now take the time to let go of any tension that way when you wake up in the morning, you don't think of those same issues, which lead you to the same problems and producing those same emotions again. So that's one way of doing it. The other way is uh, self-talk. And again, uh, this is simple things where you could read a message. I always use positive cards with my clients after I teach them. And I say, okay, pick a card. And they pick it and they look at the message. And it's like, oh, yeah, that really, oh, you know what? That's what, that addresses the thought I had. I like that one. And it's just a simple bang, taking them out of like a total situation because our brain has goes through 60, 70,000 thought patterns on a regular basis and 90% of the exact same thoughts. So if I can simply change that thought in a moment like that, if I say, hey, uh, you know, what's wrong with your eyes? And all of a sudden you start thinking about your eyes, that thought is completely gone. So that's about what I mean about training the brain is the more you could do that, and this comes from my martial arts days, is the more you're aware. And being more aware in the present moment will be able to make the right choices on deflecting a lot more negative energy. So those are two simple things, uh, Jacob, that people can do is just, you know, recite a passage. I am grateful today because I am breathing and I'm alive. Boom. Simple. I mean, whatever that may be. And, and then already your brain is programmed to take actions forward and it remembers that thought. 
And, and, and again, it's a good way of deflecting because I don't know what people are thinking, but I can tell you that 95% of the people, you know, are always in an uncon- unconscious state. Mm-hmm. And self-talk's huge because like the worst critic you have, the person that's most critical on you is your own brain. It's that voice in your head. So breaking that thought pattern with the cards is super interesting. And I was reading a book and this might actually be about something you messaged me about before we recorded this. So we should talk about uh, the neurogenesis processing ability of the brain. And oh, I was, yeah. was that about, so I read a book recently called Unfuck Yourself and it was talking about um, neuro, I lost the word. It was talking about how with your brain, your thoughts can physically rewire your brain. So they say Mm -hmm. your perception is your reality. And that's because if you start looking through everything through a positive lens, your brain will start to process things through that positive lens. Is that kind of the same thing as what you were talking about? Yeah, because I think, you know, there's, there's a situation like when we, when, when our brains are stressed out because we forget about the mind, how powerful it is, right? Like this, I'll just give you an example. You have like physical stress where think of, uh, Think of a coyote running in the forest and looking at a deer and going after that deer. And all of a sudden that deer goes off in the forest and then loses the coyote. And that deer's like, whew, thank gosh, that's over. So that's a physical stress. It kind of lasted really quickly, but then it went away. But the stress that is a chemically stressed through epigenetics, because what you're thinking really affects your state on a regular basis. And it's like that stress that never goes away. Now that can hurt you, can actually lead you to disease. So changing it around and thinking it positively can also lead you to heal the body. So epigenetics is really, really, that's that quantum physics um, method of really being in that present moment where your brain is like really truly there. Like when I said earlier, think of your eyes and that right away your, your thoughts are going, okay, what does you want me to think about my eyes? And then you start kind of looking at your eyes. That, that moment there is when your brain is really on and it's firing. So that book that I uh, was talking about was called Spark. And it was by Dr. John Rayti, a uh, doctor at a Harvard University. And he wrote about how the only time your brain cells think and regrow is through the course of exercising. And we're like, like what do you mean? I didn't even know we had brain cells that thought, you know, we're re- regrowing. It's that whole neurogenesis process. Because what happens is when we exercise or any movement uh, pattern, especially like high intensity stuff, your brain is ready to learn now. Now you're in the game. So they did these studies. Uh, They took uh, kids out of um, uh, Chicago, Illinois. And what they did is every year uh, they write these um, high tests of, you know, uh, state tests of math, science and and, uh, biology. So what they did is they, they, they did this every year and they had these kids, they were probably scoring like 16, you know, and out of, out of, you know, how many people were actually entering this, this, um, this uh, study. So what they did is they said, you know what, we're going to take these kids. We're going to put them through a series of exercise three times a week, more of a circuit style training style. Well, the following year they scored first in science and third in math. They also do these um, tests in Europe in European uh, schools where they have these kids push their desk back. They say, okay, we're going to take a brain break. Everybody stand up, jumping jacks, good, jogging on the spot. Okay, now you're back in the game. So at that specific moment, it sparks your brain cells. It's like it puts that miracle grow in your brain so you're thinking and you're reacting more clearly. And that's the cool thing about exercise. And that's why I always say, you know, exercise is the new medicine because it's not about – 
looking good, it's how you feel. Because I think most people pay way too much attention to the body and they forget about their brain. Oh, she looks really good. Oh, he looks really good. Oh, he's, he's strong. I want to look like him. I want to look like her. Uh, and it's like you're dripping your thoughts where it's like, wait a minute. It's not about the body. It's about the brain. It's about being here right now in the moment and being able to make that change and create what you're trying to create, you know? So that way people always, again, base their thought patterns on what they did yesterday, what they saw on TV. Oh, did you see that show last night? Yeah, this guy, it's over. You're in the moment right now because if you're thinking of that, then you're never updating your software in your brain. So you're really never truly living in the moment. You're almost like a few steps behind. It's almost like when we get our notification, update your software, update your software. You know, it's like we never see that. And and I can tell you from past experiences, because one of my therapy is talking about this stuff like I'm doing on this podcast and like I do with all the clients and all the people that I encounter is that that's part of my therapy is that by me telling my brain is storing this. And then I act like it because I'm thinking about it and talking about it. With being present in the moment and not living in the past, when a lot of people are setting goals or trying to do something, especially around New Year's times and New Year's resolutions, people say, I will do this or I will become this. How is important to embody whatever it is you want to become in the moment? So instead of saying like, I will be fit, reframing and saying, I am fit and being someone that is fit that will impact your actions to map towards someone that actually is fit as opposed to delaying becoming fit down the road. Yeah, that's so important because see, everybody has... Uh, certain disciplines. And I always say, practice your daily disciplines every day. And you will actually see a little bit of progress, which creates a lot of interest. Now, the issue becomes is that not everybody is capable of doing it right away. For instance, people that break a habit, like smoking, some people can quit cold turkey, some people have to find other options. But the whole thing is that people need to understand is that you can do it. You can create it. So all you have to do is see a little bit of progress and whatever concept or method that you want to use, like for instance, you used New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. You know what? New Year's coming. I'm going to do it. Like we all know that a lot of New Year's resolutions don't stick because it's just another, it's another message you delivered yourself, but you didn't put action to it. New Year's is every day. Right. But if, if you're that kind of person that needs to use that, then that's great because that's what it took for you to change your thought patterns that did you that made you and allow you to maybe step into a gym or maybe make some healthier uh, food choices or maybe got you to maybe be nicer to people or whatever the case may be. But if that's what enticed you to make that change, that night was worth it because people can say it worked for me because it was a New Year's resolution and that's what it took. Great. But all I'm trying to say is that if you need to use those methods that makes you think more positive and makes you uh, get to the destination of whatever choice you're trying to make, because don't forget the choice you make will lead you uh, to a behavior. And then that behavior will produce an experience, which will then cause an emotion in your brain. That's what happens all the time. So again, if you don't follow through with that New Year's resolution, then guess what? That's another negative thought. Oh, I failed again. I failed again. You know, and then you, 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 the minute you start to make that resolution, because you've stored, I failed again in your circuit board, 
chances are, if I'm a betting person, you're probably going to fail again. So you need to change the way you think is, is what I'm trying to say. And the minute you do that, you need to get rewarded. And rewarded means you need to see progress. You need to be aware. You need to understand that you can create it and keep believing and keep seeing. And things are going to change. And, and I'm big on that because I've experienced it. So, um, yeah. That's how, do you, how do you instill discipline? Because it's one thing to say, I'm going to get up. I'm going to start going to the gym every day. But it's a different thing to actually get out of bed and go to the gym. So what are some things you do to kind of instill discipline? One of the things is writing things down. You know, a short pencil is better than a long memory. And I can't stress enough how important that is. If you don't have, you have your notes. Like I have my, my phone and I've been doing this for over 30 years. And now, I mean, every, every workout is actually, I don't know if you could see this, but every workout is actually written for my players. And what happens is when I do this, because I'm working with a lot of hockey players, I can, I can memorize all this, but when I have it here, I'm thinking about it. I bring my attention to it. So it makes me more accountable and accountability is really, really important. Um, also, um, putting a picture in maybe on your fridge or in the mirror, because pictures tell the story. If you're a person that wants to lose weight, for instance, well, if I see that picture of an overweight me, I'm going to associate that picture with two thoughts. One is, oh my gosh, look how big I am. And that's going to kind of cause that pain factor. Or I can look at it and go, I know I'm the big guy, but I can't wait to see, you know, me 20 pounds lighter. And that's going to associate with pleasure. So then if you accept that and adjust and acknowledge it, and you start living in the moment, like you're already that person, then things are going to start to happen. And, and that's, that's the key is a picture and writing things down. And then at the end of the day, if you want, because everybody can do this. And that's why I want to throw out there to how to discipline yourself is that everybody goes to sleep at night. At least I hope you do, <laughs> you know, and you should be grateful that you're waking up in the morning because guess what? 250,000 people are on their last breath. So be grateful that you're there. So if you could do that, take the moment to make yourself accountable. Today was a win. Today was a loss. You just, you can do this even like, at night, when you go home after a long day's work, throw everything aside. Did I win or did I lose today? I made better eating habits. I exercised. I read a passage that uh, was a, a positive affirmation for me. Win, win, win. Great. At the end of the week, if you look at all the wins and you compare them to the losses, you could be sure that if you're winning more, you're going to be more. And if you're not winning more, you're not going to be more. And the good thing about it is that you, are the one that's controlling this. So if I told you today that you could have that and you could create those, you know, things that you're trying to accomplish, then you know that you could do it. You have to believe it, that you can. Mm -hmm. What does your daily routine look like right now? Like what would classify as a day that's been won for Tony Greco? So a, a, a good day for me is uh, what I do and, you know, what I've been doing consistently. And again, I, I do believe that being consistent is really key. And that's waking up in the morning. I always repeat some daily affirmation. You know, my goal is to become the best person I can be. I will achieve this objective by disciplining my body and my mind, working to come off schools and hinder my positive growth. I know that this will take discipline, 
that I'm ready to make this commitment to myself and to share this with others. So I recite this on a regular basis uh, because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's about who you are and who you can help and to share the progress. And that way, that energy is always revolving. It's like a recycled energy. So I recite that. And, you know, I try to change every negative um, moment to a positive. It's very hard to do sometimes because I'm in discussion with people that sometimes have that negative and I can't, I can't think that everybody's thinking like me. So I got to be careful. So what I've been doing a lot is like, let's say we're in a conversation because I go to work um, and, you know, I uplift everybody's spirits because I'm still training a lot of hockey players that are still in season. And in discussions and passing with other people, I'm like, hey, how's your day going? Uh, not so bad. But guess what? I'm going to make it better today. So I, I'm, I'm trying to do change the negatives into positive without saying, you know, stop being negative. You, you know, it, so I'm hoping that trying to do that on a regular basis will do that. And um, that's a lot of the stuff I do on a regular basis is uh, make sure that I get proper fuel, which is all my, about my, my eating habits and just redirecting negative energy to the positive. And it's tough to do, but I look at it as a challenge for me. And I also look at it as make, it's also making me better as well. How do you overcome your bad days? Because for a lot of people, when they're having good days, they're sticking to their habits, their routines, things are going well. But when they miss the gym one day and they kind of fall off the wagon, they start to spiral. What do you do in bad days to kind of get through them? Yeah, I, I usually take the time to uh, be with myself. I have an office at home, Jacob, and uh, I go in the office. I love uh, listening and mixing music. Um, you know, maybe that's my side job as a DJ, but uh, I love it because it makes me feel good. And, uh, and music has a vibe and it just, it takes me away from that, those thought patterns. And, um, and then I just take a few deep breaths. I really do stop and say, look, come on. Tony, how bad can you day be? Look, you're, everything's good. I mean, you're here, you know, you have, you have a healthy family, you're healthy, could be a lot worse. And I'm like, you know what, Tony, you're right. So I almost play like the good guy and the bad guy. And I do that so often now. And I find that it helps because sometimes like I'm, you know, even a guy like me that's so positive, I'm like, oh man, damn it. Like, what the heck? And it's like, oh, and it's like, you know, just, you know, we've all had those moments. But then it's like, I stop and it's like, okay, Tony, why do you have to get so mad? Look at you're you're healthy. Your family's healthy. You're you're in a good state. You're grateful. It's not that bad. You want to see bad? Yeah, you're right. Okay, let's go. And then you're back in. Right now, again, that might be, you know, experiences uh, that I've had um, throughout this journey. And it might be my martial arts practice. It might be me talking to you about this during this wonderful podcast, because this is the stuff that makes you really uh, think about it and put that into your database. So you're able to deal with it because I'm far from perfect, but I, I like to strive for consistency. And, and, and that's what I, I want to throw out there to people is that don't worry about bad days uh, because we all have them, but take the time. And for me, that works for me. I, I talk to my other Tony. Hey, Tony, was that bad? That's uh, not that bad. And, you always can use someone to talk to. So if that might mean your best friend um, or, you know, someone that you're really close with, and I'm sure they'll be more than happy to help you do it and, and make that call. 
on the last podcast, you talked about one of the reasons you ended up getting out of martial arts was because it became too commercialized. Kids were more focused about getting the next belt color than actually learning the practice. So how, how what do you do or how do you teach people to love the process and not just the end result? Well, I tell them that, you know, it's a, it's a journey and it doesn't happen uh, quickly. So if it's weight loss, I, I, I let people know the truth. I think um, getting, giving people big expectations, all you're doing is you're feeding the ego. I think being real and giving less is giving more. So it's like, look, you know what? I can tell you that I'm going to make you lose 50 pounds in a month. But guess what I'm doing? I'm giving you high expectations. And then if you don't do it, you're not going to like me and you're going to be disappointed. But if I say, look, you could do this and I could tell you because I've trained so many people that you're going to definitely, definitely lose one to three pounds in a week. And this is the amount of weight you're going to lose in a month. You're going to accept it more. And then what's going to happen is that, you know, like that's why there's that saying is that that journey begins with your first step. And inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's hard. So take the time to experience the little things that will make you talk about and share this progress with other people. And, 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 and that's the, the journey and the excitements of living through that. Uh, and there's so many. Everybody's got all these stories. But at the end of the day, if you really look at it, it's, it's all about an experience that we've had. And to pass it to somebody else. So they can share that experience and so on and so on and so on and so on and just really uplift people. And um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it is like being real to people, I think now is the best thing. And, and, I, and I know I was that guy that, you know, I gave higher expectations. I'm not going to lie. But now knowing what I know, it's like, why? And I didn't know why, you know, maybe that was a way that I maybe wanted to get their attention. But I find that, you know, being real and, and giving proper expectations to people, I think people accept it more, you know, and, and, and yeah, so that's it. And so over the course of the journey, as you're taking it inch by inch, there's still going to be bumpy roads along the way. There's going to be obstacles. And I have a quote here from our last podcast. He said, you either learn to get through it or basically give up. For entrepreneurs, when they experience obstacles that hinder positive growth, it's easy to deflect and give up. But if you go through it and carry on your discipline, then there's no stopping you because there's no stopping until you quit. And I know last time we talked about with the business and stuff, you sold your car, your business partner sold his Harley. Was there ever a point, man, maybe that was it, where you felt like giving up? I, I'm not going to say I didn't, it was, it was crossing my mind um, because that's what everybody does. And, and I, and I'll tell you why. And I think part of that, and this is, it, it, that's an amazing question uh, because part of that is that I really think that um, the, the way we think and feel is the way we've been brought up, you know, and, like I said, you know, my family and my dad was very hard on me. So it was the fear of failure, you know, that really enlightened me to get through it. Now, it either makes you or breaks you, right? For me, unfortunately, I was grateful that it made me because I went through that obstacle. But some people still uh, think they're going to fail. And, and, and that's probably because there's been so much fear instilled in their mind from a mentor, whether it's a soccer coach, whether it's a parent, whether it's a close friend, I'm always telling you, 
don't do this, don't do that. You shouldn't do that. That's enough. Let it go, do something else. And it's all these like, ugh, all these like circuits that are like wired in your brain that automatically you think failure. But at the end, you know, like I said, you never feel until you quit. So if you, if you love the passion and can put your brain in that moment of really seeing it and being it, then you're not going to fail. And, and that's what I think at the time I, I put that passion in place. So I, you know, we lost the car, my business partner lost the Harley, but that's why we're where we are today. Cause I think deep down inside, I mean, how, how do you really fail if you don't quit? Think about that. Right. I mean, cause you're really, you're really following something that you, you, you know, you could create. So what is failing? Is it because you didn't make money at it? Is it because you can't do it anymore? Like, what is it? Right. So if you're still doing something, you're never really failing. So that's why I say, don't, don't give up, but you got to love what you do because if not, then it will cause more stress and it will create, you know, your cortisol levels to go up in your body, which will force that flight or fight resistance. And that's where you chemically, you know, have so much stress where you can be sick, just like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. How can you become more comfortable with risk? Because if you want to start a business, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, there's going to be some level of risk involved. So how have you become more comfortable with it over your career? Well, I think uh, the way to do it is um, to see what the reward is. You know, like some people take a lot of risk, but they forget what the reward is. And then some people don't even think of the risk until it's too late. But what I can tell you is that before you take any risk is ask yourself what it is that you really truly want. Because a lot of people don't know what they want. They just go into things. Like if I had a quarter or, you know, everybody's used a penny, but I'm going to use a quarter. Um, if for every time someone's like, like, you know what, we should open up a coffee shop. We love coffee. We should open up a coffee shop. I love coffee. I'm not going to say I don't, but why am I going to open up a coffee shop? And why do I really want to open up a coffee shop? And is a coffee shop something I really want to do? So I think people just most of the time just throw stuff and just jump into stuff without really realizing what is it that I really, really want. And the way you distinguish that is what makes you happy of what it is that you really want? Is it, does that truly make you happy? How is it going to affect your other thought patterns in your life, your home life, your kid's life, your real life? your spouse's life. These are the things that cross. And then you're going to think to yourself, I don't really need that. So when you take a risk, you got to go all in to win. So if you're all in, then you win. If you're not all in, going to be tough. And, and, and again, not to take a, uh, you know, a stab at people that are involved with partners and stuff, but I mean, it's tough to control the risk of what you can't control. So if you're going into a company or a partnership where you really can't control something, then the risk is going to be a lot higher. Whereas at the end of the day, if you control and everything, the risk is in your hands. If you're comfortable with yourself, then you know that you're willing to do whatever it takes, whatever sacrifice you got to make. And that's why I love those success posters because you see the success, but then you see everything underneath it. They got to that success, right? So that's the stuff that you yourself know you can do it it can somebody else that you're involved in do it you know and that's going to cause a clash of opinions which is going to create some kind of conflict and add more risk and stress to your life as well 
for going all in, clearly you have to be passionate about the idea. But like you said, a lot of people don't even know exactly what it is they're passionate about that will allow them to be comfortable with taking that risk to go all in. So what is your advice to people that are trying to figure out exactly what they're passionate about? Well, my recommendation is this. Do not put the money first. And I, I don't, like, listen, everybody wants to be financially independent. But at the end of the day, same people you see on the way up, you see on the way down. And yeah, great. You're a multimillionaire. Are you happy? I, I got clients that, that are like, these guys are, all, one guy's almost like worth half a billion. But I can tell you they're not happy. They're not doing, this, this is cool stuff we're doing here. You know, like these guys are on their phone 24-7 trying to make another zero to the number. It's like, dude, like you're going to die. And it's like, how much more do you need? But if you think of that last and you think of it as a result, then everything comes. Because yes, I know it's important. You need it. We need it to live. I get it. But what you need to live might not mean what the other person needs to live. So if that's what truly makes you happy, there's a price to pay with that. And believe me, this is my experience. From what I've seen, a lot of people are not truly happy. And I can tell you that I like hanging around with more people that actually are happy and do not have, you know, all those zeros in their bank account. So at the, at the end of the day, it's like you have to do what makes you happy. So do not think of the money first. Money is the result of what you're trying to do. It just comes. Build it, they will come. Passion, courage, sacrifice, passion, love, gratefulness. Everything else comes because people see that in the value. You know, I, I did this podcast with you and I've been on a lot of podcasts. I mean, I admire how well you do your podcast. You're so prepared. You do a lot of research. It makes great content for people to listen to. And that's amazing. That's because you truly love what you do. I can tell that, you know, where I've been on other podcasts where it's just like, here's another guy on the block, you know, and that relates to the, the passion and the theory and the concept of the host to bring out to people. Cause that's really what we're doing this for is that, you know, someone could take this information and go, wow, I heard that on that podcast. You know what? That guy told me this cause he's been through it. And, and that's why I love doing this stuff because at the end of the day, you know, what else can you do? Right. Share it with other people. I went up a mountain and I'm at the top. What do you want me to do now? Show you how to get up. And, and that's the problem. I hate using the word problem, but that's, that's the conflict every day with people is that you know people just live in a negative state they did this really crazy test uh jacob that i want to tell you about uh negativity with um um with uh gorillas listen to how crazy this is and they were talking about human behaviors um so they had two gorillas in a cage and they had a tree and this is actually a true study by the way they had a tree with uh bananas so all of a sudden one gorilla goes up and goes for the banana, guess what the other gorilla does? Goes right after and pulls them down. So these scientists are, are, uh, are looking at this. They're like, this is crazy. I think we got the solution. Let's take the gorilla that was pulling them down and let's get them out of the cage. Let's get a new gorilla. They bring another gorilla in. The other gorilla now goes up. Guess what the other one does? Starts pulling them down. So it's like, again, I think... The, the biggest thing, and that's why when you talk to people like, oh, yeah, you know, you could talk about 10 good things and 
you know, one negative thing and people always remember the negative. So that's why I'm saying that your thought patterns in general, in people, I think is a memory of the past. It's a memory of, you know, those maybe people you ran into where they, they did bad things at you, bad experiences. And maybe you were told you couldn't do this. Maybe you were told, and we all know them. We all know those, those past memories that are in our hardware and our soft drive. But what I can suggest is take the hard drive out, put a new one back in, try to slowly reprogram the brain in that subconscious state. So you're trying to redirect. And this is exactly what I'm trying to do. That's why I'm, I'm sharing this is redirect the negative to the positive. And then the, the, the software is a lot better. And guess what? You start to attract more things that you want, more energy. People feel the energy because we all know we've been in a room where we're having a great conversation. Some person walks in and it's like, you don't say, hey, you feel the negative energy here? But guess what? We're all thinking it. And, and, we're, and we're all right because that person has brought that attention in, in that room and we feel it, right? But we don't say it. Do you guys feel what you... I, I don't know, all of a sudden the conversation kind of dulled down. And, and again, that's, that doesn't mean that that person was bad. Maybe it means that they're just so much negative thoughts that they're like, inside their brain. They're just not showing it, but you're feeling it. So what your thought patterns are in your brain is affecting your human state is what I'm trying to get at. So in order for you to change that, you have to change the way you think. And the more you can do that uh, through meditation, through positive affirmations, through exercises, through talking about it, the better it is. Do not give up and keep going. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of one of the, your quotes that I wrote down here before doing this that I really liked was the attitude leads to the altitude. I just love that. It was great. Yeah. Um, thank you. No worries. And we were talking, you mentioned how like adding another zero to the bank account is not going to make you happy. And no one should quote me on this because I'm not hundred percent, but I believe I read somewhere once that there was a study done and on average, the happiest people make $86,000 a year. And that's it. They don't even wow. make six figures, um, which I just thought was super interesting. And you mentioned how it's like, stop focusing on adding another zero. You're going to die. And our friend Deepak, Deepak Sharma made a post the other day yeah. about how we're all going to die one day. Is that something you think about? Does that kind of motivate you in the present moment, realizing that you only have a limited amount of time? I do. You know, it's, funny you say that I was just having this conversation with someone I've actually accepted an expiration date because people don't accept that that's another thing people think they're not going to die and it's like I never used to think that when I was in my early 20s why would I right but you know when you start to get to a second uh cycle of life uh I always say to people look and I always do this and it makes them think take a measuring tape and place it on the ground and stand on your age right now right and usually if you Think you know approximately when your expiration date, God forbid something crazy doesn't happen. Usually what you're thinking, you're feeling, right? So let's say whatever, you're, I don't know, 40 years old and you stand and you're like, ah, you know, with my lifestyle, I'm a smoker, I'm this, whatever people's lifestyle, or I'm healthy, vice versa. So let's say you give yourself to 85. Now you look at this measuring tape and you go, okay, what are those? you know, 45 years left, I'm sleeping this much, I'm doing this. So really now it's down to like 25, you know, uh, and I'm just doing some quick math here. So when you think about that, you're like, holy, you know what? I need to change the way I think because why am I holding to all these grudges? Why am I holding on to this stress? For what? For what? It doesn't make, for what? For me trying to make more money? For me trying to make, you know, 
more challenges in my life because I'm in control of it. And I know there's an expiration date. So why am I doing this? And, 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 and again, that's another, that's another thought process that you could run that through your circuit board, accept the fact, acknowledge it and adjust. And by adjusting, it's going to make you feel better, not only about yourself, but you're going to see that even people that you speak to will go, man, that guy's used to be a friggin' prick, but now he seems like a nice guy. Like, it just you change because you 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 learn the fact that look, I'm not better than you, and you're not better than me. So what you have more money than me? What does that do? What does that? So that buys you fake friends. It buys you fake fantasies. And guess what? They might say, I don't care what you think, Tony. I'm happy. Okay, great. You're still gonna die. <laughs> so you know. So at the end of the day, if that's what makes you happy, great. And 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 it's funny because you know with our group of friends we have you know, people that are kind of acquaintances that, like I said, have a lot of money and they always say, I wish I had your life. I'm like, well, you can 20 times over, you know, because again, it's a fantasy world. How much of that is really real, right? I mean, look at celebrities, sing about it. You know, look at Justin Bieber right now, you know, from a young guy went to, you know, being so famous, look at his songs. I mean, great songs, Justin, but holy geez, I'm like, you know, and, and, and I get it. It's great that you're passing on that to young people, which is amazing. You know, I admire them for that. But it just goes to show you, you know. And at the end, it's about being happy and living that life that you know someday will have an expiration date. Why do you think so many people don't want to admit that to themselves? Is it just they're uncomfortable with that fact so they just avoid it? I think they don't. I don't think. I, I think because they just don't think about it enough. That's, that's what it is. They don't think about it enough. And, you know, I always like to get my data from seniors. I remember when I wrote my book, you know, Strong Mind, Lean Body. It's like, how, what would you do now if you were young again? And they're like, they said that same thing. They said, you know, I wish I could have exercised more. I wish I could have taken care of myself a little bit more. Because now they're accepting death. And, and I see it in my own parents. I mean, like, my dad's 83. and he just, like we go over there Sunday and it's like, it's the same, you know, procedure that he does. He'll sit at the dinner table. He'll walk up the stairs. He'll watch TV. He'll sit, and it's like, it's like, what are you, they're just waiting to die. Like, it's like, they know they got less years ahead and they're thinking about it more. But at 30 or 40, they weren't thinking that, you know. Now, the good thing about that is that if they would have thought about that. I'm not thinking, I'm not Getting people to say, tomorrow I'm going to die, tomorrow I'm going to die. Just knowing that there is an expiration date, because what it's going to do is it's going to lead you to make, I think, in my opinion, better choices. Because you always understand that there is an end date. You're not Superman, and you're not this person that's never going to, you know, that's going to be around forever. You're going to go. I hate to say it. So if you can base some of your thought patterns to make you feel better during the course of this journey, then that's all I'm saying. And, and I think that's the problem is a lot of people just don't think they're, they think there's going to be, I don't know, some miracle cure or whatever. And they just don't think about it. <laughs> and I, I mean, think like, that's the issue. Yeah. And with you specifically, I mean, like you've made the most of few years to this point, a successful entrepreneur. You're a bit of a Renaissance man as well. Motivational speaker. You talked about the book, uh, which I do actually want to talk about now, but so strong mind lean body was actually your second book, right? Cause you wrote yeah. train like a freak with Dan Boyle first. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I, I, I uh, had Tony LaFerro, who was a writer from the Ottawa Citizen, just do uh, 
kind of a small little book. And I, and I wrote that book because Dan Boyle, one of my clients, uh, he was never drafted. They said he would never play in the NHL. And this is a guy that was like, not the, you know, the tallest guy on the ice, but was a Norris Trophy uh, winner, I think, or candidate. But I know he was a gold medalist, uh, Stanley Cup champion. So it was like, here you go, Mike Keenan, who was one of the coaches that thought he would never do it. And he talks about it in the book. So I, I wanted that as a tool for young hockey players to say, look, don't stop chasing your dream. That was the only reason why I did that book. And I said, here's this guy. So hopefully you can read this and it'll help you to crush obstacles. Uh, but then the strong mind, lean body was just for strategies uh, for life successes. Because again, whatever success means to you, it, there's always a formula. And the formula is that, you know, sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice with a little bit of enthusiasm equals success. Nothing comes easy. And you're like, I've asked everybody, everybody that's been in business, everybody that's accomplished something, nothing came easy. And even if they did, they either lost it and had to rebuild it again. But again, it wasn't easy. So if you could take some of that data and some of that motivational stuff that's in there, and I used my own scenarios uh, to try to put the reader into the point where that could be in their life, you know, this is how I got out of it. And if it works for you, then great. Then I've done my job. That's all the book is all about. And when did you start working with a lot of these hockey players? Like today you're working with a ton of guys, a lot of elite players like Jack Quinn, eighth overall in the draft this year. Like when did that start happening? Um, well, I've been, I've been training like hockey players for now over 20, 20 years. I mean, Dan Bull was one of my guys, Marty Havlat, who played for the centers, Chris Phillips, Mike Fisher, of course, um, you know, just to name a few. Um, but what happened was, is that ever since I started to get deep into the weeds of really understanding the physiology of movement patterns and testing measurements, which I find are amazing at Jacob. That's when I said, you know what? Not that I got it all wrong, but all the stuff that all these trainers have been doing for years, and this is not to take a jab at trainers, is that we're all just throwing stuff on the wall. We all want the intentions of our clients to get really good, but really, what are we measuring? And that's when I said, wow, that's amazing. Because nobody wants or doesn't want their client to get in better shape. But really, a lot of the times, you know, if you're not measuring, you're guessing. So what I did is I started to work with a guy by the name of Kyle Dietz, who um, is a, a strength and conditioning coach. And um, he's a an Olympic USA coach, uh, 20 years experience at University of Minnesota, sits on tons of boards, um, great guy. And I also work with a guy by the name of Dr. Ben Peterson, who is the fitness director of San Francisco 49ers. Great guy to have on your podcast, by the way, if you can get a hold of him. Super guy, genius, scientist. Um, and he wrote the book with Kyle Dietz on triphasic training. And um, so I started to get into it because he used to be the fitness director of the Philadelphia Flyers. And I met him through Paul Giroux, who's one of my clients. So this guy came to Ottawa, started looking at the trainer that I was doing. And again, such an amazing guy because a lot of these trainers always have egos. I think it's the only profession where they, everybody thinks they're better than the other person, which makes absolutely no sense because doctors don't do that. Um, and I said, uh, and he looked at my training. He's like, Tony, it's great training. But, you know, if I can show you this way and this way, I'm like, man, this is amazing. So what it is, is the concept of training three different tempos to generate maximum force of power. Because every dynamic movement has that movement pattern. The problem is 
None of these trainers do it. And now when they're listening to this, they're going to say, oh, I do it. Yeah, but you do one movement in a training cycle. You don't do two weeks full of it. And when you do two weeks full of these movement patterns, your brain from every single organism adapts to it. And when it adapts to it, it forces this response in the body where the muscles get torn. It sounds disgusting. And they rebuild thicker so they can resist more force. When they can resist more force, they can push more power. That's why people are getting stronger, faster. And that's why when I had a guy like Jack Quinn that went from third round prediction to 50 goals, hit uh, first round eighth overall, that's a huge feather, not only in, in his cap, but mine. Because I'm like, yes, this thing works. This guy's more explosive. He's done this. And then they feel it. And, you know, same thing with like Graham Clark, a Brank Clark who's projected to go first overall next year. Claude Giroux this year. You know, at the first game, Pierre Maguire said, wow, he looks super fast coming out. This guy, this is a guy, an analyst that recognized it right away because he's a lot lighter and we train this concept. So I'm, I'm just so ecstatic. And now that a lot of these um, scouts, a lot of these agents, a lot of these GMs are reaching out because, again, it's not like it's my theory. I don't want to take the credit for this. It's just the concept that a lot of NCAA coaches and a lot of people got tested on this stuff and it worked and Kyle Dietz just was great to you know run with this with a triphasic name of it where me it's more just three different tempos but it's just a concept and you could throw it in any workout and you will see results with your client I just you know I might like to say that I might motivate and educate my players a little bit more because I'm into it that deep I, I, I'm really into the mind stuff and I believe that everything stems from the mind. That's why I like to do that. So maybe that might be the extra that I will add. And also uh, just diversifying. I'm adding my own twist to it with, you know, my, uh, my guy that works out with the hockey players as well. My top guy, Mac Little. So, uh, yeah, that's basically it. You said how personal trainers, a lot of it's just trying, trying different things to figure out what works, what sticks. There was one thing I found in my research that you did a while, like probably over a decade ago now that you did with your athletes that I was curious about. If you could tell me the story behind the time you had your guys try to race a horse. Oh yeah. That's so old. Oh, that was, a, that was amazing. It's funny because people are still talking about, it. so here's what happened. So I'm big with the mind and I was, that was with Dan Boyle, Dan McGillis, um, Claude was uh, there. Yeah, Claude, Claude was there too. So, so what I did is I said, guys, well, you know what? I'm going to show you how strong your mind is. You're going to race a horse. They said, are you freaking out of your mind? Are you crazy? I'm like, I'm going to do it. They thought it was crazy. They thought it was going to happen. So I was in my Matic location and uh, I had Sundance Ranch, which is a horse stable beside, uh, beside the location. I went to see the guy. I said, can I pay for two jockeys to just, you know, be at St. Mark's High School just to kind of do a 40-yard dash. I said, I want my hockey players to race a horse. They're like, why? I said, because when I put them into that state of them really trying to beat the horse, you're going to see their time increase. And they're like, oh, makes, that's pretty cool. Anyways, they come in, 9.30, uh, uh, you know, work. I'm like, guys, you guys ready? We're going to race the horse. They're like, what? They still thought I was kidding until they went across the street there's the two jockeys there and they're like, what the heck? So what the craziest thing was, Jacob, is that because visualization is so huge, because when you visualize something in your brain, you're already more mentally prepared. So it wasn't that they're going to beat a horse. Give me a break. You know, like Usain Bolt can't beat a horse. 
So the fact that they were able to visualize a horse beside them running, they were going so much faster. That's the only reason. And as a matter of fact, I timed them. I think the best time was like 4-2 and a 40-yard dash. I'd have to look at the stats, but they took like three to four seconds off their time. So what that meant is that when you visualize things, you know, and I could say, visualize that there's this guy coming. You're going to react much quicker. We're, and, and it's funny because here we are, 22 years later, there was this mechanism called gym aware. And what it is, is that they, there's this strap that they put onto the bar. Let's say you're doing a deadlift. I'm like, okay, ready, Jacob, lift. And you see the, how fast the velocity of the bar comes out on your clock. So naturally in your mind, because you're seeing it, guess what you want to do? Lift it faster. So because you want to lift it faster, because you're seeing this number, your body is producing more energy, more quickness, because your mind is telling it to do that. And that's one of the reasons why I had them doing that, because I went in and I said, look, look at this timer. And they're like, holy shit. I said, did you feel faster? They're like, yeah, I felt super fast. Why? Because I was racing against a horse. They were visualizing really, truly trying to beat the horse. And obviously, maybe they were scared, too, because the horse was beside them. So they were running faster, too. You know? So that's all I was doing is trying to teach them that when you visualize stuff, you're more mentally prepared. And I know that Michael Phelps, before his events, he visualizes for two hours. So what happens is your brain, because your brain doesn't know the difference between a vivid and a physical event. What it does do is it triggers off the same neurotransmitters like it is there. And if you can visualize that, you're technically more mentally prepared to make less of a mistake and react a lot quicker. And it, it, I mean, there's all sorts of studies that they've done with people that visualize. You know, I know even with martial artists uh, back in the day and people just visualize punches coming at them. They're like this. Well, when they were in the ring, you know, they were like a fraction of a second faster. So if you can anticipate that punch coming, boom, you can go and, you know, throw a jab at that split second. And that's where, you know, a guy might be faster with, than you, but if you visualize with the experience of that coming at you quicker or a hockey player anticipating the puck in the corner because you visualize seeing it there quicker than he did, there's that, there's that above and beyond, you know, about living in that subconscious mind of anticipating that movement and getting there quicker, right? So amazing stuff. For people that aren't like Michael Phelps and don't have two hours, can you practice visualization like five minutes a day? Does it still have some? Oh effect? yeah, totally, totally. I, I all the you know what I tell the athletes and hockey players say, guys, you know what? At night, again, doing those home exercises when you're lying on your bed, it's like visualize you getting on the ice, visualize the fans, visualize how that first goal, you know, would happen. You passing to this guy, this guy passing to you. Just visualize that scenario because when you get on the ice your brain has gone through that event. It's the same thing as going to an event going, oh, last night was such a great event. I was at so-and-so's event and this is what happened. It's the same thing. You've already, you've already played that record in your mind. Now you're just putting it on the turntable when you're going on the ice. And, and that's what's really cool about it. You know. And if you could engage that you're truly in that moment now, that's where you could use the memory of the past to help you in the present moment. You know, where... And that, and that just shows you that visualization is really important because, again, most people live in those past memories, but they're the negative memories, the problems they had. We don't want to do that. We want to visualize the celebration, the goal scoring, the 100-meter race, whatever the case may be, right? Something with victory. 
is there a time and place to look back to do reflection or do you never really focus on that? Is it always looking forward? I keep looking forward. You know, I can't, I got to be honest with you. I do think of the past, but I just say, look, I got to learn from it. It's not coming back, but the future I can create. And um, that's what I keep, that's what I got to keep focusing on. You know, I but I always think about it. I mean, I, I talk about it with people. Uh, hey, you know, I used to do this. I used to do that. But at, at the end, you know, learn from it. And I have. So I'm very grateful from this. You know, the martial arts taught me to transition into, you know, fitness and teaching a really good discipline uh, through the art of fitness because I really owe a lot to the martial arts, right, of going through these obstacles, getting rewarded. So, uh, you know, reinforcing positive attitude. You know, the fitness, I built the business. I sold it. I'm very grateful for that. Um, and, and I learned that, hey, it's not about fitness. It, you know, the total opposite of what I thought it was. It's about feeling better, about energy. Um, and now it's like, okay, well, what's the next thing? Well, the next thing is I, I built a new brand and I'm building the TG brand. And I think this is the last legacy where it's like, this is Tony Greco. This is a guy that wanted to build bodies and strengthen minds. And, you know, he's a guy that didn't care how you look like. As long as you felt better and you had the energy to produce and be around people that you truly love and be happy, that's what it's all about. Because he doesn't care whether you're rich or poor. As long as you're happy and you can share something with something at the end of the day, you know, same people you see on the way up, you see on the way down. So that's, that's who I want to be. It's just, a, and I think the legacy will live on and, and that to me is more important than anything because again, I've accepted that expiration date. I love that. And we're almost at a time here. So I'm just going to jump to my last question. Sure. It's the same one I asked you last time. I can't remember what your answer is. So I'm going to be curious to look back and see if it's changed or not. If you have a crystal ball and you could ask this crystal ball any question, you get the 100% honest answer. What is one question you want to know the answer to? Well, the one question is, you know, who is Tony Greco? And, you know, what, what do you stand for? Like, what is Tony Greco? You know, who's Jacob Kelly? Who's so-and-so? Who are you? What do you stand for? And I think that's the question I ask every day, you know, and, it, and it's, again, it's, it's circling around what it is that you truly really want and what are you going to do to get it? And, you know, having that passion to continue your journey to it is what you really want. And, and that's it. Just, and, and again, make that choice. What is it that makes you happy? What is it that you want if you know that you can create it? So again, all relevant to what is it you stand for? That's a great question. And I, I want to thank you once again for taking time to be in this podcast for the second time. I want to give you the floor. Where can the people find you? Plug anything and everything you got right now. Yeah, they could go to my social media, Tony Greco TG. Uh, they could also go to TG Athletics, which is all about the program that we have. And um, yeah, they could just shoot me a direct text through social media and uh, I'll be more than happy I'm, uh, to just answer their questions. I know that I'm launching a online uh, hockey program. Uh, thanks to Deepak and Jamie, who are big fans of your show. And um, they've done a great job as a media team. And then my good friend, uh, Hayden Cashin, who, you know, introduced me to podcast and just a great guy that's out there delivering the message. And then thank you, Jacob, for continuing to do such an amazing job. You're, you're, I don't hear a bad thing about your podcast and everybody just uh, says how wonderful host you are. And I could say that because I've been on this twice. And you're the best host that I've met right now so far. So awesome work. 
I appreciate that, Tony. Thank you so much. And thank you once again for being on the show. And I, I want to thank everybody for listening. Whether you've listened the entire way through or you only listen to bits and pieces, I really appreciate you taking time to check this out. Everyone do me a big favor. Go and follow Tony. Go and check out TG Athletics. I'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below so you can find it. If you like to follow me, you can find me everywhere on social media at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. As always, today's podcast is powered by TrueFan. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon.